It's the Lakeland Sports Guys with Chris and Tom. I'm Tom Carroll, Chris Cox sitting beside me. The coach is in the house. Dan Spivey joining us here at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood where they have the special today, the twice-baked potato with a ribeye steak sandwich, always on Thursdays. Of course, on Mondays we know they've got the cheeseburger special as well, hot dog special on Tuesday, and uh, you need to come in and check out what they've got on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday uh, as well because they are absolutely packed here at lunchtime as they were today. They were busy today. But they're getting Thursday, so. Well, my wife got in early today, so she got <laughs> hers. Got that potato. She, 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 that she learned not to come in at two o'clock and try to get, try to get it because it'll be gone. She got the twice, baby. Yeah. But uh, football season is just around the corner. We're a couple weeks away from getting things underway. August third is the Abbeville Jamboree uh, that is going to be taking place, and that should be a fun one. And then on the thirteenth, uh, we'll have Greenwood's Jamboree, and then after that, following Friday, Football Friday gets underway. It's going to be exciting. We need to hide. Here's what I hope happens, because I've been looking all over some of the other ones. I hope we get a little bit of rain on that Friday. We play hours and everything, but I hope some of the other ones get rained out, because Saturday will be jam-packed with jamborees if it, it happens like yeah. like it could. I mean, yeah, we, we definitely remember the first game we played South Aiken, what, four or five years ago, mm-hmm. and that's when me and Willie got into all the fun. But um, Aiken's got a huge jamboree coming up, uh, and all I'm going to say is, don't go down there and waste your money. Come to Greenwood and look at the real football up here. This is where the what the state champions are made up here. Ain't it right, Stan? That's what you <laughs> say. That's the, it. Lakeland's is home of the state champions. So, But, uh, yes, yeah, football season. I'm keeping up with Joe Braves because I'm – Oh, my, wow. My team has uh, – has hit what I thought. You know, Katie <laughs> we, was, Katie well, was talking Braves. about mudslides. That's what we're on. We're on a bad <laughs> landslide. Well, the Braves are right there with you. This is going to be the second series that they have lost. They need to win this game to at least win one of the three games against the Diamondbacks right now. And uh, You're up to. This afternoon. We're up to. Um, this is it, top nine. So. Yeah, so we're, we're, <laughs> we're hoping it's going gonna, it's gonna to pull through. And uh, then we go on the road starting uh, uh, on Saturday. You know, Arizona's approved to get baseball teams. Yeah, they are. But, uh, I mean, I, I look. All I look at here is sixty-one and thirty-three. You, that's look how far you're over five hundred. Man, yeah. come on. Quick. Well, the first game of this series <laughs> was sixteen to thirteen, and then you know a, a five-four game uh, on uh, yesterday, and here it is seven-five as of right now. So these games have been tight, lots of hitting going on, but pitching has kind of dominated yesterday and today uh, for the most part. So. Yeah, I, I kind of took a little step away from baseball for a little while, and. I'm going to tell you, if you don't follow it like you usually do, like like I can go through the, the Diamondbacks right here. I used to know baseball like this. I was I knew baseball. I can't name you half the guys on this team. <laughs> Christian Walker, I can. Yeah. <laughs> He's a game cop. Yep. He's one for three today. He's got to get it. He's got to step it up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you're, you're last out of the game coming up, so. Hopefully you win that one. Like I said, I need you to lose it. But <laughs> Now you got to worry about Philly, though. You got to worry about Philly. Who is another and, team that has played you really well – this year. They play us tough. Uh, both series we've played so far this year have been mostly one-run games mm-hmm. for the most part. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward. And we got the Mets and Phillies like three yeah. weeks in a row. Well, so. it, it, it's weird toward when you get toward the end of the year, you can count on three things. You're going to play your division rivals three more times. So, <laughs> you'll have us, you'll have the Nationals, and you'll have Phillies, Mets. Those are the teams you're going to see, and it gets old. Because you're like, didn't I just beat these guys last week? you got to beat them again now because you're getting close to playoff time. But uh, fun time of the year. Like I said, we're talking football now. And uh, so uh, we got a lot of stuff happening. Open championship. I, I got up this morning in the stand. I got up on your hours. I was up at 2.30 to watch it when oh. it came on at 3. Because <laughs> uh, I figured you'd probably go to the farmer's market. 
<laughs> but uh, so it's been exciting in the Open Championship. And I think this year my pick may win it. You know, Tommy Fleetwood's a guy that I have followed for a long time. Got the same clubs and everything that Tommy's got. Kind of trying to get the hair, but my hair won't grow quite like his will. <laughs> but I do have, and I told you today, uh, in his 25th Masters, Willie's right here, in his 25th uh, U.S. Open, Daly's still got his uh, whatever we want to call this. And Daly, I'm with you, brother. We ain't getting it cut till you beat the cancer. So you beat the cancer, we're getting it cut. But uh, it's 25th year since he won it, and he's still playing as a senior. Um, and a guy like you think a guy like Stewart Sink, he's a senior. He's 300 today, you know, up around that leaderboard. So don't be stunned if one of these, as we call them, older cats that are our age, don't be stunned if they're right back in the picture in, in this golf tournament. So it's still a, fun to watch. It, it will. Yeah. And they're right. It's not going to end up being Rory probably because, like I said, he, t- he had some trouble today on his run. He's still, he's still having trouble. <laughs> but uh, – we, Enough of golf. And we can't forget about the ladies. The, mm-hmm. the women's national team starts their def, defense of their last World Cup mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow night. And hopefully we can bring this one home, and that'll be three in a row, and that's never been done on the men's or the women's side. Now, so. that's Brandy Chastain. Is that Rapino And who else? Uh, now, that's Rapino and – Alex Morgan and Morgan. That crowd. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking Chastain was doing. Yeah, no, she's not. But yeah, she may be commentating. On that's that, yeah, sure. that's starting up. So I mean, you got you got but, you got a lot of stuff going. Yeah. So a full weekend. It's going to be great. Going to be great. And uh, if I don't get wet from what's dripping, well, you on and top. I both are. I, <laughs> you know, I was warm, I was hoping it would rain in here, and it is. But. Yeah, it is. Well, it started clouding up outside. <laughs> Maybe it clouded up. In, oh, that's Clyde upstairs mopping the that's floor. What that's that is. what it is. Uh, okay. I didn't even think about Clyde. <laughs> All right. All right. We know who to blame now. Yeah. But uh, we've got a lot to talk about. We'll get into the SEC days uh, with South Carolina, also Auburn and Luke Deal. He was uh, at Media Days. We've got that for you. Um, also have uh, uh, Shane Beamer. So we'll dive into his count, and uh, even Kirby Smart uh, managed to get that uh, as well. So we'll be able to uh, give you a little bit of all of that. I listen to Kirby's, so uh, I studied for that quiz there. Um, how amazing is it that they're the two-time defending champions, and all we hear from Kirby, we don't get no love. How can you, how can you hate on Man, I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> You're lucky to have two championships, Kirby. Just let's get on out of this little phase. Now, what I want to see is who who does step up to the 19th position. Yeah. And I'm gonna, I'll go ahead on record and say if it's not Connor Connor um, not Connor Beck, what's the name Carson Beck? Carson Beck. You got a problem, Kirby. Got a problem because the fans are going to be kind of mad then because this guy has paid his dues. So I kind of hope Kirby doesn't start him, but. I'm not worried about Georgia this year. I don't think they win another one, and, and I'm going to record it. I didn't think they win last year either, but I don't think they went this year for sure. I ain't going to bet no money on it. But I, Do you I don't, think they'll be challenged at all with their schedule as weak as it is? Well, I mean, that's, that's going to be the that, thing. That's yeah. the problem. Mm-hmm. It, it is a weak it, – it's a horrible schedule for one, and it's something I think that Shanky – you know, we're looking at everything else to do in the SEC to, to make things better. <clears throat> do away with some of these, these schedules that we get because as far as out of conference – that's the only teams they're playing. And luckily this year, I mean, for them, they're out of conference is just a joke. Yeah. I mean, like I said, that's one of the reasons not getting any love. I mean, that, that, honestly, that's why. Everybody expects them to win. And uh, I think there's a couple losses in that schedule. I think old I think Kiffin's going to have something to say this year, um, which he was on today this morning. Um, I'm really impressed, though, so far, Stan, is Arnett at Mississippi State. 
He said, I'm not going to change anything that Mike Leach has done. He says, now, my offense is nothing like Mike Leach. But he said, so I guess people may say, well, you're going to change the offense. He said, no, we're going to work with the players we got. And they're Mike Leach players, so I've got to learn how to coach that style. style. And I love that. I like that aspect. Whatever you got on campus, Tom Carroll, we talk about it all the time. That's what we use. If I got to adapt my coaching, then then I'm old enough to do it, and I need to do that. Well, this is a head coach that has taken over a program, Mm -hmm. and, you know, he hadn't recruited his players into his system so he's instead of making a hundred and something athletes change and flip to what he wants he's changing so it's only one person having to change and so that's that's going to make him a successful not only in this season but in season come because after he starts getting his players in he'll gradually start putting his stuff in and and the kids are going to buy into it because they bought into it, you know, three years ago, two years ago when they were recruited by another coach. That, he's a guy you, you know, get behind, too. He's a guy yeah. like – he's a DeBose, man. I could, I could play for this guy. I like what he said. They said, well, I know that uh, the running back's going to be really good this year. He said, but why didn't you bring Will Rogers to media day? He said, Will Rogers is a Heisman candidate. Everybody knows Will Rogers. Yeah. And if you don't know him, you will by the time we get through this season. That's the quarterback in the SEC that you better watch out for is Will Rogers. He was up last year for it. This year, quarterback play is going to be top-notch. I mean, you, you're starting to see teams like – I've been giving you crap all week about Clemson closing that gap. <laughs> Florida's the team that's closing that gap. Now, I'm going to tell you, whatever what's the name down there spending, man, he's spending it well because he's flipping everybody in Florida. Well, I mean, and if, if, if y'all aren't, he is. Uh, what's his name, Sam? Napier. But, Napier. Yeah, Billy. But I still don't think the Florida faithful have gotten behind him, supported him. Not yet. Like, like he needs to. I, I think mean, he should. He's only been there one year. Come I think on, you people, should, give man. Him, give this guy a chance. I mean, look at where he's been. I got behind him at Louisiana, so yeah. I mean, he's, he's yeah. good. And you know what you did there. Yeah, and, and he's, he's going to turn the Florida program around. There's no doubt about it. But getting back to the Georgia and the death chart, we talked about this a little bit earlier. You got Beck as the starter, Vandegrift as number two, and then Stockton as number three. So all three of those players have been in the suit now. Stockton, I think he's just a red shirt freshman. Yeah, he's a red shirt. So, I mean, you know, they but they've been there. And they've kind of paid their dues sitting, waiting on their time. So uh, that could be a, a pretty interesting battle on the field at practice to see and see if that depth and that rotation or whatever you want stays the way it is or if one is going to just come in and take over. I think what you got with um, – I think – Beck's gonna be the guy. Like I said, you got he's paid his dues for four years. He's been yeah. loyal to that team. He he was the one. Here's the thing: when you don't even get a fair shake, because the yeah. 19th decided to come back last year, and then he was back the year before that, and you you stayed loyal. And he's not a Georgia guy. I mean, he's not from Georgia. I mean, um, he's from like Mississippi, I think. But mm-hmm. he stayed loyal to the team, and that's why I think you got to give him that opportunity. Here's another reason. Schedule is going to give Georgia a favorable example. That's what it is. But I told you, and I've told you before, and I'll say it till I die, there's two cancers on that football team. One's on offense and one's on defense. Muschamp and Bobo. 
I call him Bobo. But <laughs> I usually call him Bozo. But those are your chances on that team. And, and I mean, <laughs> we don't want anybody ever to get anything like that. But you, you can't hide it. I don't care who you are. If you got guys like that on that team, you're going to find them sooner or later because the real must champ's going to come out. We've already seen Bobo. He's tried it everywhere. And he was successful last year. But look at what talent he had. I want to see it this year. I want to see it with line play. That's where I think they struggle. I think offensive line, they build it back up, but they don't have the experience. They're kind of like we are at offensive line. Um, it's going to be the question mark for them. If they can get that rolling and Bobo can make the right decisions, I mean, they got receivers. They got running backs down there. I mean, they got the one Meltner McIntosh. One of them's back. It's McIntosh that's back, I think. So he's a four-year starter. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're solid at running back then. Then you got um, Gronk Jr. in Bowers, <laughs> Brock Bowers, the little, the other little Bowers, kid. By the way, did you see he got a nil with uh, the Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's part of the. What do you want to call this group? <laughs> I was going to call them flesh eaters, but we don't call them that. But um, what's the other little receiver's name? McConkey. Uh-huh. You know, he's back this year. Schedule, experience they got other than Carson Beck, and that's the thing. You know, whenever the 19th became the starter of that team, he didn't have the experience either. He was coming in after a couple other guys. Now we're going to see, because he stunned me. The 19th, I do want to get him on podcast because he stunned me being, we're vertically challenged people, he and I. But Carson Beck's a good-sized cat. I mean, he's got that 6'3", prototypical-style quarterback. Um, and, and he's got a really good arm. I, I got to get Billy Wade on it and see what he thinks about it. But with McConkey and McIntosh and Brock Bowers and the rest of the – there's another tight end that's really good. Um, schedule's where they're at, and I think they're – I just don't get Kirby. You've earned your respect, man. Now you got to come out and prove it, and the schedule just doesn't prove it from Kirby. you got to come out and – you need to beat these teams bad. And I mean conference teams. You need to beat no, this – When bad. the playoffs come, the, you won't have – you know, their toughest competition is going to be South Carolina, um, maybe Florida, and, and Tennessee. That's it. Sam, is that a winnable game for us? I it, think it is. Is it one that we can go I down? Mean, even yeah. though we have to go there, I think, you know, you look back. Historically, we played them well. It didn't matter where we played them. We've had a lot of wins against them in their building. Uh, it, and it goes back to if you can catch them early in the season. Which we will. You will have a better chance. Uh, right now, I think there's a lot of underlying stuff. We're hearing whispers, so we can't go off of whispers. You know, we've got to have facts. But there's some stuff going on, and I don't want to say that the coaches have lost the locker rooms, but it, it's whispers are starting to say some to that point. And unless Kirby gets – Push the iron fist down. They're gonna be. They're gonna revert to the Georgia of old, like when Bobo was the the head man down there. And you know, every time you pick it up the paper, you'll see him where one of their athletes was in a fight or was doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing. So, what he's talking about? Two cancers. I believe it at that. He, yeah. he told yeah. he, he explained the yeah. definition for y'all. That's the way you explain right. it out. So, but but the favorite time, the favorite thing is coming up, and and, and it's every school with their measurement day. We're gonna find out how big these guys really are, and that still amazes me how a five six guy can grow four inches in 
six months. But <laughs> it stuns him too. Trust me. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Well, the Bulldogs returned thirteen starters from last season. Um, that squad went fifteen and zero. As we know, they won the uh, state title or the national title. Carson Beck, he'll get his shot. Uh, we'll see what happens. Kirby has not said that he's the starter. He says it's still a competition, but Beck is in the lead as of right now. Um, as far as filling the shoes of Stenson Bennett. Um, he'll also have plenty of talent to work with uh, due to the fact that their recruiting has been outstanding here so far. And they do return four of the top five tacklers from a defense that only allowed 14 points per game last season. So that's going to be a big plus. Here's what Kirby had to say at the SEC Media Days back on Tuesday. Corey LeBounty, WNSP 105.5 Mobile, Alabama. Coach Smart, your team back-to-back national champions. You talked about complacency and the challenge with complacency. Your team coming into this year, how do you go ahead and address all of those issues internally and block out the external factors? Well, we address them by the people we bring in our organization. You know, I think um, you start by, like, developing good people and bringing good people in. I just talked about it on the main floor, but we look for two characteristics, people that love football and people that embrace a selfless role. Once you do that, they don't have complacency because they have the right, the right hardwiring. So, uh, you know, people that worry about outcomes like, oh gosh, my ego, why am I not getting the ball? Or like, oh man, we lost the game. Complacency sets in on those people because when they hit a milestone, they don't know how to respond to it. Um, so we want people that are intrinsically motivated. It means they come from inside out and they want to be great regardless of that. Now, do we have all players like that? No. We're trying to move our needle to get the majority that way so that we can stomp out that complacency. And we just want to be as dominant and as good as we can be. And that starts with competing against each other. Front row. Chris Farblin, KSU 80.0 FM. Uh, the Florida-Georgia game is a rivalry that's been at Jacksonville for several decades. It's one of the most storied traditions in the SEC. But the future of the game's location has been a question with potential renovations to TIAA Bank Field. Uh, you've been vocal. You've said that you believe the game should be is better on campus. Could you go into uh, more detail on why you believe the game should be played at Gainesville and Athens? Well, first off, you misspoke about the game. It's the Georgia-Florida game. Okay, so I want to clear that up. Um, but for us, I, I really don't care where the game's played. I want what's best for the student-athletes, and I want what's best for our program. Um, unfortunately, if you consider that to be a premier matchup and a national game, there's no recruit that will ever take an official visit or get to visit the campus while the game's in Jacksonville. That's just physically impossible. So both universities, not just Georgia, lose out on an opportunity to showcase their campus in the greatest light there is. And to me, that's really important. Every university I've been at, you had that feature game that everybody in the country wanted to come watch. Now, with that said, in the ever-changing landscape and the speeding up of recruiting, more kids are getting recruited in June in official visits, and they're finishing, like right now, the number of commitments we have. So less effect the season has on coming to games. So that's probably less than some. And with the renovation of the stadium, we're probably going to get to see how it is playing at a different location in the next two years. Left side, fourth row. Hey, Coach Smart, Jamal Kennedy, WSFA 12 Sports in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, Georgia's the first school to go back-to-back national championships in football since Alabama did it, and you've been a part of both story programs. Uh, not asking you to compare, uh, but do you see sort of what, built, uh, what was built at Alabama now sort of starting to take shape here at Georgia? Again, I wouldn't compare. I, I think the two uh, circumstances are very different, um, two different programs. 
um, led by different people. Uh, a lot of respect, a lot of respect for, for Nick and the things I learned from him. And I thoroughly enjoyed my time with him as an assistant coach. But um, what we're doing right now is, is, is based on the players and the people in the organization we have, not uh, anything relevant to, to what we had when I was there. Left side, third row. Hey, Coach, Taylor Kaufman with CBS 42 in Birmingham. What do you have to say to people who maybe say that Georgia's schedule is a cakewalk? <laughs> and come play it. I mean, I, I'd love to invite any team in the country who wants to play in the SEC. Come, 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 come right ahead, you know. And, um, and I, I don't get into comparisons year to year, but I'm, I'm a big believer in opening with a, a great game, a great kickoff game. We've done that repeatedly. We've scheduled that out. I think we got UCLA, Ohio State, FSU, Louisville, all in coming years. Um, Clemson next year. Uh, we had Oregon and. Um, we had Clemson before that. So a lot of things I can control. I don't control the narrative that people create outside of our building. Right side, second row. Coach Michael Brawner, WNSP in Mobile. You're obviously building a recruiting machine. You talk about rooting out complacency. How do you go about doing that when you're bringing in so many talented players? Well, you, you teach, you know, you, you, you teach kids. You, you show them evidence that like work works. Like we say hard work works. Like, if you work really hard and you buy into the team concept and you contribute some kind of way, your, your time's coming. You're going to play. We've had a lot of freshmen go out and start and play. And I think there's a misnomer that when you recruit well, that means you have to sit and wait. We started two true freshmen last year on defense, the very first game. Um, so when you recruit talented people and you've got people that are selfless, that love the game, you've got an opportunity to, to have uh, good success. All right, so there you have a little bit of Kirby Smart and what he had to say at SEC Media Days as, uh, you know, everybody was concerned about what was going to happen with the schedule. That was probably the biggest question because the faces just lit up as far as press row went when that question was asked. But um, he also went on to say that he did not know which quarterback he was going to start, even though he said Carson Beck is leading as of right now. So, And he says, that, don't worry about running back. We are loaded at running back. That was another big factor that he had to mention in the SEC media days. Both positions, quarterback and running back. I mean, and what we talk about every time – and I, I'm going to quit following Max Preps because I get depressed every time I look at it. But they've got their third quarterback in Max Preps now. He's from Nevada. He <laughs> he is also committed to come to Georgia. And there's just not enough balls in the, in the, in the bag, as we say. And, you know, Coach, one thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you on is you, last year was Oregon, and they put a butt weapon yeah. on them boys. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Um, but here's what we look at to start the season. UT Martin. Gary Nelson's son played kicker there from Greenwood. Mm -hmm. He played kicker there. Then you got Ball State, and then your your biggest game coming in is going to be the Gamecocks. Do you want to play them after two cakes? Stan, do you want to, not with an unproven well, quarterback? Uh, well, you, it's, it's a <laughs> double-edged sword. You get, two, you get two games that, no matter which way you look at it, should be blown. you should win. Um. Mm -hmm. uh, most people are going to think there should be blowouts. It would not surprise me if one out of the two was a closer ball game. Yeah, this might still be a 10-point. But it gives you two full games inside your stadium where you can play anybody that's on the sidelines and get a read for what those – if you've got two that are competing against each other, this could be the deciding factor. Put them in a game 
when the lights are on and the fans are in the stands and see how they perform. If one performs better than the other, he might jump him into rotation or on the depth chart or somewhere. How much are you going to learn about your team in those two games before you go into a South Carolina game? That is going to be your first conference game. It's going to mean something. And so that's going to change it a little bit. And all of a sudden, you've been playing two pansies, and all of a sudden, you're getting smacked in the mouth. How are those guys going to react? So it, I don't buy into this Kirby stuff about that first game of the year. We always pick somebody that we can <laughs> – a tough game. I as soon as Kedger came out, we, just, we laughed about it. Now, if they might have put Coastal in there as their first game, I might have said, yeah, you better be ready, Kirby, because these boys are coming to whip you. Well, and that's basically what he said about Ball State. I'm like, Ball State can even get out of Indiana. We're not worried about them. After Carolina's UAB. So, yeah. another third team that's not a yeah. great football team. Here's, here's your games, Tommy. We want to come up with some teams they're going to have to go. they got to go to Auburn. We, and you got something and on that's, about a, And that's kind of a rivalry game. You got something coming up with a fellow that's on that team, we get, we get, a local guy. We got a local and then they've got game, Kentucky yeah. at home, and then they go to Vanderbilt, who's another team that, that is not going to beat them. But you they we got to worry about them. Yeah, yeah we have to worry about them. Beat, they could beat you. I mean, they, that, that, that cat's building the program And then there. the guy alluded to the big cocktail party, whatever. I'm going to always call it that until they – Put it in, I guess, in the books. We can't call it anymore, but that's at Jacksonville. And like I said, Florida's the team right now. They're that's a natural rivalry there. And it being in Jacksonville, it's a road game. Then Missouri, Ole Miss at Tennessee. We know Tennessee's going to be mad because of everything they've been hit with. Uh, they didn't get banned from the bowls, but they, and then at, at Georgia Tech, your rival games are on the road. Yeah. And, and as a game guy, I mean, that's not what I want to do. I mean, I, I mean, I can't speak for Billy Wade. I mean, you don't have a Bama on here right now. You don't have um, LSU. LSU. I mean, it's it's a it's not a cakewalk because your road games are tough. Anywhere you play on any given Saturday in the SEC is a tough road game. And so those, that's the one thing I will give Georgia. Um, and, but it's going to take two blowouts. I think that's going to really get Carson Beck what he needs. Like I said, running back, receiver, they're loaded. I mean, like I said, and if something doesn't happen, let's say Carson Beck gets hit first game, second game, it has to come out. You got three other studs to put in that game. So, really, you're not going to lose anything in those games. The only thing you might could lose would be Carson Beck for the season with an injury. That would be awful for him. Uh, but, like I said, Kirby doesn't care. That's why he's got to look at it the way he does right now. Yeah, I think you'll see Beck in there for, what, two and a half quarters. And, and if it's Both games. Yeah, yeah. both games. Yeah. yeah. Give the others a chance to go ahead and see what they can come up with as well. Um, so it should be fun. We'll find out. Speaking of Auburn, uh, their media days did happen as well, um, and it was Luke Deal who uh, managed to get uh, onto the stage yesterday, as a matter of fact. Did you see this? I did. did as well. So I have never seen – I mean, dude is huge. <laughs> he, is really, he is really filled out. But uh, I love the suit, uh, a nice gray suit to go along with it while I was up there. Here's a little bit of his interview, what he had to say. Um, he starts out talking a little bit about the – um, uh, talking about the offense, uh, he was asked about the offense over at Auburn and where he expects it to go or where he sees it going uh, as of right now. Yeah, that's the goal. Um, and that's kind of what we worked on over this offseason is just for everybody to, uh, some of our weaker points, strengthen those, and some of our strengths, 
continue to build upon those. So, uh, yeah, we're very versatile. We're very deep. We're a very mature room. Uh, so I think that's going to be very attainable for us to be a versatile offense and for us to not be a very um, easily picked off offense as well. Second row, left side. Hey, Luke, what do you think were some of the main strides you guys made in the spring? I know it was kind of interesting settling in mm -hmm. with a new offense, getting a bunch <clears throat> of pieces in there, but what are the biggest steps you guys think you took? And you as an offensive leader, kind of what are you setting the table for to grow in fall camp? Yeah, so the, the, the first thing, like you said, the learning a new offense is always a challenge. I've learned a few now, um, and some guys, some younger guys don't really understand how to go about that, uh, the best way to go about that. So I think just learning the offense at a good pace, learning it and uh, refining our new techniques uh, and everything that goes with that, we've, we've done that this summer, last spring. Uh, and also, like you said, off, off field. I mean, we've had a bunch of transfers, a bunch of recruits come in and join this team. So being able to build, build relationships with those guys, get to know them, get to know their story, their why, that's been a huge part of our off-season program so far. Left side, fourth row. Dan Peck, ESPN 106.7 in Auburn. Luke, what can you say about newly arrived transfer quarterback Peyton Thorne? Yeah, I think Peyton's an incredible leader. Uh, he's a really good guy. I've gotten to know him on a personal level. Uh, I really like his leadership qualities that he brings. He's got that savvy quarterback uh, demeanor that you look for in a quarterback. And he's somebody that I think will help us uh, one way or another, he'll help us in our strides this year. Second row. Luke, I think um, the last year, the game against Texas A&M, the atmosphere, though know, everybody was playing for Coach Williams, I think that was just a really cool moment. And I mean, just, I want to hear your perspective of it being there, being a part of it. Absolutely. Um, that year had been very disappointing up until then with the way that we wanted it to go. It did not. Um, and to just arrive there at that Tiger Walk to see that many screaming fans in orange and blue was something that I, I mentioned to a couple of you already earlier. I still get chills thinking about it. Um, and it's something that you don't get very many places. And it's why I love this place. It's why I am so blessed and honored to represent Auburn today and, and hopefully every day. So there you have Luke Deal, uh, Emerald's own, uh, what, he played quarterback, linebacker, offensive line, defensive line, tight end. He played everything for Emerald. But he's doing great playing tight end now uh, at Auburn University, and uh, he couldn't be more proud of having a local boy up there, Division One. Great guy to have up there. Here's what I think about when I think about Luke Deal, and I think about Auburn Stan. I think about Brian Harson, Malzahn, Two coaches that aren't there anymore. Yeah. And, and who is there now? We, this is one of the anomalies we haven't talked about is Hugh Freeze. Um, and the first thing that Hugh Freeze did was he went to the portal. He got, uh, where did I see it? He got McAllister, the, the defensive end that was so good at, at um, Vanderbilt. And then he got Clark Lay, the kid from uh, App State, the defensive tackle, that gave North Carolina and a bunch of other teams at App State a lot of trouble on the defensive front. And uh, he, he used the portal, and, and he's used it well, and he's got players that are going to be new to us. But Luke Deal will not be new. He, he's going to be a guy that you can count on at that, at that position, and I expect big things out of Luke Deal. I really do. I'm well, thinking even possibly all SEC at uh, tight end. Good. Well, you get the SEC is loaded with tight ends. Oh, it's loaded. And if that's one thing And if he know, can get there. If he can get there, <laughs> he, he'll have a check for many years to come. But uh, – it is a conference loaded with extremely 
talented tight ends, and just about every team in the SEC has that, at least one. And uh, just like with Luke saying, they worked on their weaknesses, and that goes back to what we were bringing. They were bringing in from the portal. They knew they knew the needs. They knew where the weaknesses were. Okay, we got to go out and get this defensive end. We got to go out and get us another quarterback. We got and and freeze whether he did it above board, under board, or behind the table, or out in the woodshed. He got it done. And now, you know, we're just Luke <coughs> talking about them. Mm-hmm. You know, they've come in and they've made a positive impact on the team, and that's what you look for. We talked about it before we hired Beamer. Yeah. Freeze is a risk that you take, but it's a really good risk if it pays off. If it pays Because this is a coach that's got a, a mind to coach football, and he's really good at what he does. And it's just like, I think you learn from his mistakes. Let's just leave it at that. Um, I think this could be a really pretty good football team. Uh, they're they're going to be young, but what they are is they're experienced because of Portal. And this is another way that a new coach comes into a program where, you know, Malzahn leaves to go to, what, Central Florida or wherever he went. Um, and then you got Harden that just didn't make it, and he's probably a defense coordinator, offense coordinator somewhere else. But um, it's, a, it's a team that's got a really good chance that they can get to where they run the football. And that's Stan and I say run the football all the time, and, and that's going to be the key to this football team. Can they, can they establish the run? Uh, and set up something to where you can get Luke Deal involved in this thing. And that's where I was alluding to, and I'm glad you called me on it, though, about all SEC. You're all SEC, and you're in the SEC at a tight end. You can write your ticket. You yeah. can write your check because you're going somewhere in that next NFL mm-hmm. area groups. Uh, he, he's definitely a guy that I love up in, up in Foxborough with, with our guys. But um, – I, I'm looking for good things from them, and definitely uh, that's a team I think can give Georgia that first real test if we can't. Yeah, I agree. All right. So uh, today, earlier, we had uh, Shane Beamer about 1130. He went on uh, SEC Media Days, met with the media beforehand, and um, the media was all uh, – I mean, <laughs> I don't want to say that they were rowdy or ruckus, but uh, it took a while for them to calm down once he entered the room. He just kind of brings that with him um, as well. But you're looking at a team here for South Carolina that um, – you know, is is kind of in a rebuilding on that offensive line, as you made mention. You had some guys that went to the transfer portal, so you're having to rebuild, uh, particularly on the defense, uh, one of the sides of the defensive line in all of that. Um, but the defense looks good throughout, for the most part, minus a pair of corners that you lost in the NFL draft. And we, I mean, we're going to lose them anyway, so I'm not really worried about when you lose players to the draft. I think it's a, it's a testament to what they, those kids have done at Carolina. And, uh, I, you know, Cam Smith and, and um, I can't think of his name real quick, but um, <laughs> pillows for our defense. And now, now we do have to step up. And I think, we, I think we've learned how the portal works, Stan. I think that's something that Beamer has learned, where his dad may not, you know, like the portal. or, or I like the portal. I don't like it in hell. But, um, and I think that's one of the reasons that there's been a whole lot of criticism this week on media days is they, they've done the thing that I would <laughs> – 
as a fan of football, the worst thing I ever want to hear anybody say and do is we're going to let Senate decide how we're going to do NIL. So we're leaving it to the guys in Washington to decide NIL. And I just uh, they can't we can't get to the government fix. They, they want the money. They're going to well, have their own NIL they, for. They doing. will, and it may be so and so sports group out of Washington D.C. Yeah. Because I mean we we're letting the guys that that that's what they totally dictates the money. I don't necessarily want them in here with us, but I don't want NIL anyway. Um, but it's here, it's here to stay. Um, and, and I think that's one thing that Beamer, that, it, you, you said raucous, and it was. I think you know, a lot of people, they're, they're what was the word you used last, you used last week? What was your phrase? Get on the train or get off, which I've been yeah. told to get off a couple times. Yeah. And, and I, I look, I'm going to hold on that rail in the back. I ain't jumping to the last minute because I want to see him prove me wrong, and that's, that's changing the concept of our program. When that happens, I'll be okay with this thing. And like I said, once we get out of hell straight, Willie B, I'll be heading back down to y'all. I mean, I'll go down to Willie B now. I'm just not going to walk through that gate uh, and see a game as long as Spencer Rowley's getting my money out of it. That's not for me. I'm interested, and that's what I'm interested in. I want to see how much pressure Lenore Sellers, I hope he comes out like I win the fire. Because then we're going to see Spencer Rally. Are you the kid from Oklahoma that pulled your tent, got mad, put the ball in your pocket, and started walking up the interstate? Or are you going to be a football player and fight for your dag blame position? Because if you're not, I don't want you on that team no way. Heisman, Heisman candidate or not. Yeah. So I think I think Sellers is going to give him that. And, and we, you know, if we don't see what – Beamer's not one that's not going to pull that trigger. I can promise yeah. you that. Yeah. Shane Beamer's one that's going to pull that trigger. Well, the, the coordinator will be the one to tell him to pull it. But I, I think they're going to be fine. I, I want to see Spencer have a really good year. But for us to be successful, we've got to run the football. Then we well, pass. Well, we've got to find running backs. And we've got some – that are unproven, and everybody in the media guide, and and we'll go ahead and say it in the media guide, they have Joiner listed as a running back, not a quarterback, mm-hmm. not a split receiver, receiver, nothing else. It's got RB beside his name, so well, uh, he a- has, and he has put on about ten or fifty. He's up to about two twenty nine now. So he's getting into that prototypical 6'2", 229 that you would like in a running back. He still he hadn't lost an ounce of speed or quickness. Uh, but can he take that every down punishment? And that's where it comes in. That's where the, the other guys in the room with him, you know, how are they going to come out? What are they going to do? We've got some back there, I think, that can help us. But – Getting back to Coach Beamer, I mean, just the enthusiasm that he brings into that room, you know, he brings to that practice, to those workouts, to those situation rooms, to the quarterback room, to the, every room down there when he walks in the room. That's, he brings that enthusiasm, and that makes the kids want to play for him. And um, he's changing the culture, there's no doubt. Uh, just in the and we two need years that. that he's been there. And I think it's a better culture than what we'd seen in the previous five years. But uh, <laughs> Well, the offense, 
<laughs> well, you know, the, the, the running game has not been there what since since Beamer came in. Yeah. It has struggled, it and, struggled. and the fact and that you didn't run Harris to begin with in your first year is still a mystery to all of us yep. in that regard. So he is looking for something in a running back that is there. I don't know why they're having trouble recruiting running backs. Hopefully, they've got some good ones that they came uh, through the portal and also through recruiting. The, you know, and that's that's something that he has addressed in the media and past, particularly during the spring game. We got a running back. I, what's going on with Gigi McDowell? He's still there. That's, yeah, what, that's I'm what I'm saying. I mean, we got there's some in the running, and but Juju yeah. is the smaller kind of scat back type guy. You know, um, I, I don't want y'all know I love to carry Joiner, and I'll always love this kid because he stayed when everybody else bolted. And uh, I still, to me, I think he's as good a quarterback as Spencer Rattler. We won't get the chance to see it. Here's what I don't want to see happen to him. I don't want him to be called a gimmick. Because yeah. when he comes in the game, it's straight wildcat, yeah. and you know it. Now, if he comes in at the two- or three-yard line, I think Spencer can do it from there. Yeah. I think Spencer – but if you bring him in at that point, that opens up a lot more plays. I look for him maybe inside the 10-yard line at quarterback where he really opens up the dynamics with tight ends and stuff like that. But I think my kickout player this year is going to be Xavier Leggett. I think he's the guy that we really are hoping is going to be the return. And the wide receiver that we need. So, that, that's going to be my X factor. To play on the opposite side of Deuce. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. I think that helps out huge. All right. Here's what uh, Shane Beamer had to say during SEC media days for USC uh, earlier this morning. I wanted to ask about your running back room. Yeah. You seemed very concerned that about it in the spring. And is that the fewest amount of uh, running backs you've gone through in the spring? I think it was two yeah. uh, scholarship running backs during the spring. Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned or was concerned about the depth at the running back position. And, and I told our running backs this, like, I'm not concerned about the, the talent level. We got plenty good backs. That's a wear and tear position. And, um, you know, you need more than one or two running backs to get through a season because those guys, too, the other thing that people don't talk about, those guys are typically core special teams players for us as well, returning kicks, covering kicks, you name it. Juju McDowell has been, to carry on has been. Uh, Kevin Harris was when he was at Carolina. It's like Andre White was, on and on and on. Uh, so uh, the depth concerns me. We've, uh, I like where the group is. It's a good group of guys. Now the key is just going to be continuing to get them better and uh, continuing to hopefully, you know, stay healthy. I don't want to say this and, like, bring bad karma, but, I mean, I've been a part of teams where we lost four running backs during the season to injuries, and I was at Georgia in 2017. I mean, we had Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, uh, DeAndre Swift, and Elijah Holyfield were our four running backs. All four guys are NFL football players, and, and we needed all of them throughout that season. Left side, second row. Tyler Shaw with KBTX and College Station. Yeah. Uh, what did it mean? I mean, last year for the program to beat Texas A&M for you know the first time ever, and how much are you looking forward to that game again? Yeah, it meant a lot. Um, obviously, it had never happened at South Carolina, and um, um, you hear different you know horror stories about some of the games over the years. I was a part of one in 2021 when we came out to College Station, so it was huge, huge because of the respect that we have for Coach Fisher and that entire program. And um, that's a, just a, one of the great programs in all the college football, great tradition. So for us to you know, finally get that done, uh, that was an electric night. 
in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. I was in Houston, Texas, speaking on Sunday to the Texas high school coaches and got asked that question by a lot of the people there in Texas about the atmosphere in Columbia that night. And it was elite, uh, without a doubt. Um, and the other thing I'm proud of, that was, a, that was a game we had beaten Kentucky the game before up in Lexington where they were nationally ranked. We had a week off. So it was two weeks of everybody patting our players on the back, telling them how great they are. But then to follow that up with a huge win over a great program in Texas A&M was really, really good for us. Right side, third row. Dan Peck, ESPN 106.7 in Auburn. Coach, what are the most important things that a quarterback coming in from the transfer portal needs to do to, uh, to, to prove himself to his teammates and be ready to lead the team on the field? Yeah, great question. Um, to me, it's beyond the football part. It's just the the – showing your teammates, in my opinion, that you're a guy that they want to follow, that you're a leader, that you're about the right stuff. Um, Spencer showed that when he came in last season. I think it was really good for Spencer because Spencer was at Oklahoma when Jalen Hurts transferred there. So we were all there together, and Spencer had a chance to kind of watch Jalen, how he handled that transition coming in. Jalen Hurts came into Norman, Oklahoma, and just kind of, I don't want to say kept his mouth shut, but just went right to work and earned the respect of his teammates with how he worked. Spencer did the same. He came in, he went, went right to work. Um, Earned the respect of his teammates. He was voted a captain last season after the, after the year by his teammates. To me, there's no greater honor as a, as a student athlete. Uh, and then I would say the other thing from a football standpoint is just getting acclimated on learning a system. You know, when you bring in a transfer quarterback, it's not like a freshman that you're bringing in to maybe sit around for a couple of years and develop. You're bringing in a transfer quarterback to play right away. Uh, so you have to really get comfortable with what your particular program is doing from a schematic standpoint quickly also. Right here, front row. Uh, Shane, before I ask you a special teams question, since we're in Nashville, I don't know if you're aware that you were part of the first Music City Bowl game, and you won that game in 98. Your dad was obviously the coach, and, of course, you guys had a block kick. I think it was Corey Moore. Yep, 38 um, to 38 to 7 over the Crimson Tide that yep. night. Yep. One of the coldest games I've ever been a part of. <laughs> so staying with special teams, you guys, and obviously, you know, the Beamer Ball brand, we've talked about it multiple times, but... To finish number one in efficiency last year from a special team standpoint, yep. the contract extension or the boost with Pete Lumbo, now that that target is on your back and it's even bigger now, how do you guys continue to have that success, number one? But number two, how do you emphasize that to the players? Because obviously more guys want to be on special teams now. Yep. Going back, also played at Vanderbilt uh, Stadium because uh, the Titan Stadium hadn't been built yet. So also a little known fact about that 98 Mu Music City Bowl as well. Um, Fan unbelievable year on special teams. And to me, Mike, it's kind of what we've talked about with every other area of our program. Like, how can we be better? We won games on special teams last season. The way that we controlled field position in the Clemson game or turning a kickoff against Texas A&M, some of the fake punts, that, fake field goals that we ran. So let's continue to be great, but how can we be even better? And we have, uh, and not, not just special teams. I mean, I've challenged everybody, myself, uh, nutrition, weight room, training room, you name it. Like, let's, how are we going to be better this year? And uh, Pete, he's already come to me with, like, his new ideas for fake punts and fake field goals and things like that. He's been like a mad scientist. And, and you realize that you do have somewhat of a target on your back now. So as a competitor, you love that. We've got to continue to be better and confident that we will be because we bring the core of our special teams units back, snapper, punter, kicker, kickoff returner. So that's a great benefit uh, without a doubt also. And then certainly when you have success on special teams, it 
creates momentum where other guys want to be a part of it. And we got guys on our team that come and want to be on special teams, you know. And uh, um, certainly guys know that's the quickest way to get on the field. We're only allowed to travel, I guess, 70 guys to away games. Well, we got 120 guys on our team. So the guys that we take to games are going to be ones that help us on offense, defense, and special teams as well. So it's a great motivating factor. But, you know, nobody comes – I get it. Nobody comes to South Carolina because they want to be the starting gunner on the punt team or the left tackle on the field goal team. But when you have success like we had, it makes guys want to get out there and be a part of that. So there you have Shane Beamer at SEC Media Days, uh, his comment. And he's right. Uh, you're bringing back the core group uh, out of that special teams aspect of it, and that has been the difference maker, particularly in those last four games of the season last year. you got to quit bringing up uh... – limbo like this because it's going to be Pete for president before long, but <laughs> we love our special teams coach. Like you said, he's a mad scientist out there doing his thing. But, uh, hey, Walt, how you doing? But uh, he, he's like the mad scientist out there. But, here's, you know, we were talking about we were worried about defensive back. I forgot all about Nick Ewanwawi or Ewanwawi yeah. or whatever you say his name. Right, yeah. Here's what I'm excited about because we saw these two kids play at wide receiver. You remember Omega Blake? Mm-hmm. Remember from South Point? He's not a quarterback. He's a he's a receiver now, and DJ Black, who broke all the records out of Chapman, yeah. out of Chapman that that the gentleman at uh, San Fran had, with just throw his name out there like that since he's a game caught too. But um, it's going to be exciting because it, we don't often until you go over the roster and you see who's there. Amirian Brown is a guy that was a great return man last year at the punt at punt position, uh, really good player there. And he, that's a six three receiver. And that's what we need. I think that's what Spencer is going to need. He's still really high on Spencer. Uh, I didn't see Spencer come in and just do the work like he said he did, but he's the coach. I wasn't there for everything. But he's got to get the fan base behind him now uh, because you lose your fan base. That's when the coaches his seat gets hotter if, if you continue to play a guy like a Spence. But you come out and have the, the year like he had last year, you're fine. Mm-hmm. And I think the team's fine with it, and I'm fine with it. Um, like I said, the only thing I ever had against Spencer is the fact that he, you know, he he quit on Oklahoma when he lost his job, and and he picked Carolina possibly because we didn't have a quarterback stand. Um, well, Beamer was at Oklahoma. He Beamer was. was the one that recruited him to Oklahoma, and he saw more. You know, and yeah, he did. I think the relationship was built there, uh, and that's why you see some of these kids that transfer out because. Maybe the coach that recruited him, even though he might have been a position coach or somebody down the line, um, they won't or they might leave and and then go back to the school that they left because their guy was still there. You know, uh, it's a multitude of reasons, I guess. But so I got one for you because I know how much of a Luke Dottie fan you are. Um, surprise, he didn't go portal. Not really. He's he's a he's a Carolina kid that, and I saw an interview one time, and I can't remember who the player. I'm thinking it was Marcus Lattimore, uh, talking about there's something about playing for your home state, and it doesn't matter what school you go to. I mean, you can go to Clemson, you can go to Carolina, Coastal, Furman, Walford, PC, New. But it don't matter where you go. But to be recruited by your home state and to be able to play in front of your home state fans, that, 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 that's something. That, that, it means something to a lot of these players. Now, some of them, you know, 
if they get recruited by an Alabama, they're gone. They might not ever see the field, but they can say they played for the Crimson Tide. And that, just like Coach Beamer said, we got 70 kids that travel. That kid may never travel to an away game. You know, you might not even get to dress and be on the sidelines every week. Uh, whereas if he had stayed at home, no matter what school he went to, he possibly could have got in and played more. Um, but he, I think Doty's just – he's just one of those Carolina kids. And We're going to come in like, 25th because he can be the next <laughs> big guy. And, and then, you know, you look at – well, look at some of the ones that, that went to the in-state schools this year, you know, and, and that's they, – they had offers from other schools. They didn't have to go to South Carolina, to Clemson. They didn't have to. And then, and then we're going to look and see how many of those that might have went out this year, how long does it take for them to get back in state? Mm -hmm. Because they get out and it's – now, some of them may finish their three, get their degree in three years and have two more to play and can come back and play. But, uh, you know, for those that just, like you say, they get out for a year and then, for lack of a better word, get homesick and – Say, Mom and Daddy, I'm coming back home. I need to call Coach Beamer. I need to call Dabo. I need to call whoever and get me a find me somewhere in state to play. Here's what concerns me, and you, the man, is he's my position on this thing. We're we're friends and we'll always be friends. But he talked about Coach Special Teams. I wanted to hear about Dowell Loggins. I wanted to hear how he's come in and the impact he's made on this offense at Carolina since he is our new offense coordinator. I didn't hear it. <laughs> I heard about Rattler, which we know Rattler. Yeah. Which one's going to show? I mean, the one that started playing first half of the year, the one that played lights out in the last part of the year. That's what I want to know about. Um, that's the one thing I will but say. But do you want to give it away before your first game? No, you don't. But B-Rad, B-Rad's right here. The one thing I have heard out of Dabo's camp is Garrett Riley's talking for himself. He don't need Dabo to talk for him. Garrett Riley from TCU is the offensive coordinator. He's calling the players on that team. That's what I wanted to hear that I hadn't heard in media day yet. Now, today was last day, right? Mm -hmm. So I probably won't hear from Dabo Loggins. Um, that's a concern for me. I think it's going to be a great fit because the mayor told me it was going to be a good fit. When Brandon Smith says something, I usually go with it. Um, I... I <laughs> I wanted to see a little bit more from that. And that was the one thing that stunned me from Dabo's camp that for the first time in a long time, Dabo's letting his guys talk. It ain't about what Dabo says every time. Um, and like I said, Riley, you know, Garrett Riley had a long chat yesterday with media about what him getting accustomed to the new players. That's kind of what I wanted to hear. I mean, how well is Dowell Loggins and Spencer Rattler getting along? Well, you might hear that next week when right. this week's SEC media – Guess what next week is? ACC media. <laughs> Do you think the people in the SEC and the Big Ten are going to keep quiet so that the ACC can get all the hoopla? Heck no. They're going to they be lining up anybody that wants to interview. Come on up. We haven't started practice yet. You want to talk to this guy? We'll make it happen. <laughs> Here's what I'm at at Direct TV about. Willie came uh, day before yesterday. So let's look at media days. I flipped over. I don't have SEC. Move one channel down, ACC all day long. 
yeah. I got a problem now, so we got to figure this problem out. <laughs> uh, so I also won't be covering media days for the ACC next week, like Stan just alluded to. Yeah. Uh, so I, all in all, I wanted to hear about Dowell Loggins, how, he, how he's adjusted to it, and hear from him. But you're right, maybe we hear it next week. Yeah. All right. Uh, I want to thank uh, Auburn University, thank the University of South Carolina, and thank the University of Georgia, along with the SEC, for allowing us to have um, these sound clips for you today as well. So and a special thank to my good friend, uh, Phil Kornblute as well for helping me out in getting all those details arranged so that we'd be able to to air those for you. Um, let's turn our attention now a little closer to home. We'll start over at Erskine. Uh, I don't know if you've heard, but the video production department uh, is looking for students out there if you are interested in, in helping Erskine football. And this, this is great where the, the vice president of athletics, the new one that started on the 10th. Uh, Rob Patterson. Uh, Patterson. Um, he basically came out and said, we're going to get the students more involved. They're looking for full-time students uh, that want to work with the fleet football um, as far as videoing and all of that stuff to go along with it. You need to contact Coach uh, Hopkins. Uh, his email is dez.hopkins at erskine.edu. You can go to erskinesports.com and get all the details. It's listed there as well. He impressed me with his little uh, interview yesterday. Coach Hawkins did. Um, yeah, but they're looking for filmers, social yeah. media folks, equipment personnel. So uh, you know, the cool thing with this is, and what it could what could lead to is big for Benji and them. That's the one thing they don't have. They don't have the people in his department that you know, because he does Abbeville and he does them. That that'll help them out tremendously mm-hmm. uh, over there, Benji and and. Uh, the crowd that does Erskine football. So I know it's exciting for them. Um, like I said, I'd love to see Lander do it. They, we've got a great department over there, no football to do it with. But um, And I, I think you they'll get what they need out of that. And what they don't get that they can't use, maybe Dixie can. Yeah. To help with the filming and everything. And and would it be in a video to, I mean, like I said, put that as a degree. What's the degree call for this? Would it be um, developer? Video developer, there's got to be a degree name for uh, this no, it'd position. Be, it'd be in the media. Broadcast. It'd be under, broadcast, it'd be media. broadcast media. Communications okay. is where okay. it's going to yeah. be. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go, man. That's a, a that's a degree you can have fun getting. I mean, it's an expensive university. but <laughs> You, you want to work for a four-letter network? There you go. There she is. That's your door. spot. It is. There's it is a foot in the door. Yeah. Going to be fun. Uh, also, at the Lander, they went ahead and announced the 2023 schedule for the cross-country team. They've got six meets uh, that they're going to be running in, and it all starts when they head on back down to Augusta to take on the uh, Jaguars, who the boys, I think it's, what, three years, four years in a row that they yeah. have, have ended up winning? Well, now they get to go back down there. It's going to be a good challenge for them to start the season on September the 1st. Thank you if they had Ethan Richards on that team. <laughs> um, uh, he's getting ready to start rugby anyway. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, when I shared it yesterday, that's the first thing I looked at. And, and they're, more, they're closer meets than you would think. Would it be in Lander? I was expecting it to be like Anderson. And, um, I think the cool thing to do would be be everybody go just, you know, whatever that little route is, I mean, everybody goes down from Lander and just sets up kind of like the Tour de France type deal. And you just hand out water to all the dang Lander runners. And when the other teams come through, you take the water back. <laughs> <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm wasting my time in the heat, buddy, it's only for my guys. That, I mean, that's so, how it's going. Yeah, that's uh, that's why I wouldn't do well in, in Europe, uh, handing out water for the France, but, or Tour de France, but. And, and you made mention there were cheerleaders all over the place oh, yeah. uh, today. today. And a matter of fact, through yeah, the weekend Chapin, as well. As a matter of fact, was um, here. The ladies yeah. from Chapin were So uh, Lander had a, a big cheerleading camp that they were holding, the UCA camp uh, that went underway. It lasted about three days. That is out there. And the JV and the varsity for Greenwood High did a 
did really well. The JV had the spirit stick, took first place in the camp routine, first place in cheer, and third place in the sidelines, also first place overall amongst the juniors. And Greenwood High, first place for the spirit stick, second place for the camp routine, first place in cheer, second place in sidelines. And guess what? First place overall for the awesome. uh, Emerald or uh, Greenwood Eagles in that regard as far as the cheer camp. Went. Wonder who to coach for the Eagles cheerleaders. <laughs> we need to put Chris on that if we can't get the interview. There you go. I got a lot of stuff for him to do while That's, I'm gone here in a couple of weeks. So. Yeah, see, oh, he, he's oh. fitting ahead again, bro. I'm telling you. Oh, well, he's, he, it, this is Tom Carroll moving incorporated. It, it is, man. <laughs> and, and the bad thing is going to be right. It, it's not football season. It's before football season, right, that you're moving. Uh, it yeah, it's, okay. it's, yeah, it'll be that. I, I don't want Art to get stuck with me again. So. <laughs> Art, I'm working hard not to get stuck here again. So, But uh, we're, we're doing, like I said, I want to think, I just saw the cheerleading coaches for Emerald, and it's the same one that we had at Greenwood last year. So, I mean, that's huge to have. When you, when you host something, you want to win it. And, I mean, like I said, that they both teams showed well. What is a, Katie, do you know what a spirit stick is for a cheerleader? You, you used to be a cheerleader probably. It's a spirit stick. Yeah. What is that? It's normally like a stick with beads in it. Okay. Okay. I need one because I can make noise up here. For the oh, rain stick. oh, here yeah. we go. <laughs> That's what I need. If you have one, just let me know if you have an old one. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving right along. For one thing I did forget, Erskine football, um, going back to that uh, again, they did come out with the designations for each of their home games. Um, they're going to be taking on Newberry on September the 23rd. That'll be First Responder and Student Faculty Appreciation Day. Um, homecoming will be October the 14th against Carson Newman. The f uh, Future Fleet Day or Teacher Appreciation Day will be taking on Tuslam. Uh, on the 28th of October, and Military Appreciation Day and Senior Day will be against Barton College on November the 11th. So there you have the uh, uh, designations for each of the I want to see that so Tuscan Pioneer game. I, you know, I had a buddy of mine go to, from Greenwood that went up there and played at Tuscan and got married up there at Greenwood, Tennessee, matter of fact. So I like to see that, that group play again because one of his former teammates is the coach at Tuscan, but And they're usually a really good football team. But uh, they also had their successful – camp this mm -hmm. week uh the first of their little junior camp um i shared a couple ones on there said one little kid was like seven eight years old said he's been the smallest one every year to camp he's not getting any bigger but his daddy said he's just in mean so look for that <laughs> look for that young man to to come out and have a really good career either at greenwood or at emerald or maybe at dixie i don't remember yeah, where the young man said he was from but he did a good interview with the coaches and held his own so maybe that's the next guys that take our spot tom Carroll. <laughs> It Down the be, road. It might be. <laughs> um, and then, of course, today, earlier, I happened to uh, talk with the uh, state newspaper as well, and they said, hey, have you voted yet? And I said, voted for what? And they said, well, you got to go to our website and check it out. We posted this uh, back on Tuesday, and, and what has happened is they have gone ahead and taken uh, all, pulled all the coaches along with all the newspapers and said, what is the best stadium in South Carolina? What are the top 20 stadiums that are there? Um, and Greenwood was one of them. Abbeville was one. And Ware Shoals were, you know, three out of the Lakelands made the top 20 uh, for the state. And, you know, the criteria for it, um, if you want to look at, at what they're looking at um, as far as the criteria go, they're looking at the stadium's history, the atmosphere, and the modern amenities that have gone with it as of right now. So, you know, 
Tuesday they're going to have all the votes tallied and, and calculated. We'll find out where everybody ends up standing. But uh, to have three out of all of those is pretty amazing. And we've been to most of these, as a matter yeah. of fact. Yeah, um, yeah Regal. I don't know about I don't know about Regal Stadium. That's the what I was thinking I about. I don't know if I want to go back up there and do another one there. But <laughs> with the train horn, yeah. uh, hopefully. Well, they won't put us under the train horn there once hopefully. again. But um, you know, Leatherheads was filmed up there, so it's got that little history that is there. Mm-hmm. The original rock wall building uh, sits right there in one of the end zones, mm-hmm. which we know very well with the train horn that is on there. Um, it rests within the baseball field, so I mean, it's just the history of where Shoals and Regal Field. Let me tell you who wins this. I'll go ahead. This is Columbia, right? This is in the yeah. State. This is state. I'm gonna tell you who wins it. River Bluff High School. River Bluff is on here. I, I, um, they're gonna win it. I'm telling you because, like I said, of all the places I've been personally. Now, I forgot to tell you and Stan when I when I made my trip around Charleston and everywhere, I was right and I was wrong. Somerville has a brand new high school on Dorchester Road. The old one is now the. Uh, a media center or whatever that they have down there, which is right up the street. But the field's at the old. It's still at the old one. They didn't put a new one down there. So you now you got technically three. You got Ashley Ridge and the other ones down there. So uh, yeah, River Bluff by far is the best one I had I have been to. But uh, I, you know what, I, I'd like to see old oh, Ware shows and Regal win. I played a lot of softball on that <laughs> field. I'm gonna tell you something. Don't ever play softball on the football field. Well, we've we've been to Spring Valley, um, yep. you know, twelve thousand seats. That stadium is yep. amazing. That is down there. Um, you, the one we haven't been to is Spartanburg's new, new stadium. That the is there, one. and yeah. it's kind of like taking. They've kind of like waited and taken all of these stadiums and kind of combined them River into Bluff one. And it is, it looks amazing from the outside. I can't wait for our chance. So hopefully, we'll get a chance to to go and play up there in the next maybe next year. Who knows. Um, we'll see what ends up happening. So that should be a fun one. River Bluff in the swamp. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that is a fun. That's a fun to play. place to watch it. And like I said, all the fields are there together, so you don't. I mean, it's not like you're gonna ever get lost going to something. Um, I'm a little surprised that you were talking about Spring Valley. That's another place I'm surprised they haven't looked at playing the state championship games. Well, they did. I, I know they did the back, one year yeah. or two years, but that would be a place with the, with the capacity that that stadium holds. That'd be a good spot to have it because it's more neutral, and that's what they look for. Walt, you got anything about the Tigers for me today? Garrett Riley, awesome. you're a Garrett Riley fan? Oh, that's a lot of fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. There you He's go. looking forward to it. Um, Didn't he go to Tuscany? <laughs> there you go, Chris. There you go. All right. Um, Myrtle Beach, Doug Shaw Stadium. You know, 4,500-seat stadium that is down there, eight-lane track around it. Went through a $6 million renovation. And, uh, they had one of the first video boards yeah. Yeah. in the state. I remember first that. First with one. artificial turf. Um, I've been to Marlboro County. I know you guys have it, but they have gone through a bunch of upgrades. It used to be I'm, – I'm talking a dump. But Marlboro County was – I mean, back in the 90s, they were ruling the roost in 3A. I mean, they were the team to beat. Uh, They have since uh, redone the field, video boards, everything else. It looks amazing as of right now. Fun place to watch a game uh, in the history that is down with that one. And then uh, Lakeview, uh, Jesse Ford Stadium is one of them, a unique venue down there. That's old school. It's very old school. And the best Class A programs in the state used to be down there. Still is, uh, as a matter of fact. Hartsville Kelly Town Stadium. Um, this is kind of like Tennessee <laughs> when you look at their stadium. It's it's a lot built like that. Uh, they get a, they've got a lot of the town support that's behind them, and their games are always sold out. Um, others, uh, Gaffney's Re- Reservation, we've been there. The new Reservation. Yep. Yeah. Well, I've been to Santa. Well, I've, I've been, been to both. both. Well, well, you've been to yeah, both. We've yeah, been we've to all both. been to both. I got tear gas at the old one. We're not talking about. 
to go along with it. Yeah, the history and, and the packed stadiums down there, just phenomenal. Um, Dorman's, uh, uh, Paul M. Dorman Stadium, 10,000 seats, you know, probably one of the biggest stadiums around right now for high schools. Um, you know, the hill, you know, with the end zones on both sides and everything else, uh, just phenomenal place to play. And, and a great press box, by the way. Uh, we've enjoyed playing there. Uh, District 3 Stadium is on the list out of Rock Hill, and I don't know. I don't know That's the Rock Hill schools voting yeah, this one in, yeah. if you have to ask yeah. me, because I we were not impressed as old. Yeah. Uh, and the upgrades are starting to get a little shabby that they had. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Even though ESPN did broadcast a few games back there in the 2000s, um, that's, you know, that's one I'm thinking that probably isn't going to be there. Clinton's Wilder Stadium is on the list. Uh, that's a pretty nice new venture. We, we've been there. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty yep. decent. That one's fun. Um, you know, the recent upgrades uh, to a more than 60-year-old stadium mm-hmm. have improved that 3A uh, uh, stadium there. Um, one that we went to a couple of years ago that we really enjoyed was Catawba Ridge in the pit. I did. I did the pit. Um, yeah. That one was a lot of fun. It, it's, a, it's a smaller stadium, more compact, but it feels like you're in a pit watching a bunch of snakes. Yeah. It really does. And what they did, they gave themselves a little bit of room to expand. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a little surprised that the stadium was as – I mean, it's not a small field. They're all got to be the same dimensions. But, I mean, I was a little surprised with it wasn't a lot bigger than that. Um, you were talking about the one at Northwestern or Rock Hill. I promise you they didn't have no reporters sit outside because there wasn't room for them inside. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you they found four seats for that cat. So yep, maybe that's did. what it was. That would be interesting. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask you, who did you vote for, if you don't mind? Uh, well, I got two more. I'll give you mine. Okay. 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 Um, we still got Camden uh, Zemp Stadium. Never um, been that one. It's an off-campus stadium. It's kind of downtown, 90 years old. Oh. That is down there. They've got a new video board uh, and, and the town. I mean, you talk you, it's much like Abbeville. They come out and pack the stadium. They pack away stadiums to go along with that as well. So they're on the list. And then Burns-Nixon Stadium, I, you know. I, I wasn't impressed. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm, yeah, I wasn't impressed either. It's, they've got a lot of upgrades to make, but all those years with Bobby, I'm sure, were probably the reason why it's on this list. Yeah. I'll agree with that. I mean, Willie Crack. I went and saw actually what Willie a lot, Crack. A lot, of, there. a lot of games were filmed there. Hey, were I you mean, right? On TV. So. I mean, you had 2,500 people. I mean, uh, 25,000 most games that Willie played. Um, so, like I said, that's one of the reasons it is on there. And so, Well, okay. So, Abbeville uh, – Height Stadium's gone through, what, a field upgrade and a new press box to go along with it. And you have the history with all of that to go um, pretty nice. Uh, that is their Greenwood. We've seen the improvements with the new turf field uh, along with the history that is that goes along with it. A great Adding atmosphere. A new video, and we're getting another new video board. Yeah, we're getting a new one to add on to all of that. Yeah. Uh, and then also uh, Wearshills Regal Stadium we talked about as well. So I, I went through and I voted, and I really, uh, you know, not seen – Spartanburg, or just seeing Spartanburg, but not oh, yeah. actually being, not in being it, at it, not yeah. experiencing the gameplay as of right now, because all those games at Wofford, um, you know, I've been to those, and I, kn- yeah. I know how electric that is. Um, you know, their new stadium is on the list, but it's only a couple of years old, and I haven't been there to see it. So, you know, I I, I had to vote for the Lakelands. Being the Lakeland sports guys, we had to, I had to vote for uh, for us, and I, I chose Greenwood, of course. Uh, you did the right thing. So you need well, to go on and vote. Well, and the, you need the, to go on and vote. I might have gone with Regal just the, for the, the history. The history is at Greenwood High, too. I mean, that a lot of championships were won, you know, or teams played on that field at one. I mean, you look at the video board and you can see 
the numbers. Who's who? Um, and basically, the stadium has not changed since the day it was built back in 72, 73. Right. I mean, yeah, we did add a nice press box and all. We have put the turf down. We have put the clocks in the end zones, the video board, the new concession stand right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna be like stand with Wilbanks. I got one thing I want to see done. I want the visiting stands to be done something with them. I don't want to change the capacity that you can put there, but I want to see a new look to it. Whether it's just paint, uh, a, a, a new seating, gold and seating type deal. I do want to see something done with that. I mean, we don't want to go across and build a whole another. I don't want that. Yeah. But I would like to see that as much as you would like to see the girls feel over it at Wilbanks. Um, and I don't know, there again, we got the wrong man to talk to. He'll be on here as soon as we get him on here. We'll ask Superintendent personally. <laughs> um, uh, but like I said, we got to get through over here. I'm, I'm stunned you said we're getting a new video board. Emerald's still looking like it's looking right now. They're get, Emerald's they're coming. Get, but they're getting one too. Yeah, we're getting a whole, yeah. a whole well, we don't want any night that we because we were first. It's not going to be heard Greenwood's old one either, right. so they're getting their own. So. <laughs> oh man, he stole uh, my thunder, man. Right. I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> you know, just just to hit. There's a lot of history of football in this town going back, and a lot of it belongs to J.W. Pinky Bab. You're there's right, no doubt. There's the legend, no questions. Uh, people of my age remember him very well. Uh, some of the younger guys, you know, okay, they they may be the Shell Doula guys, the Cathcart guys, but uh, most of the guys that came in after Coach Babb left have been winners and have won state championships. So, and it's, you know, they've taken care of the field out there, and it's right. it's there. I mean, I agree with you. We could do a little bit more on the visitor stands. We could put some more backs on some seats. I don't, I don't know what sides. we would do. But. On both sides. You know, put some backs on some seats in the visitors. Put some more backs on some. We got some in the reserve seat section <laughs> right now. But expand that out a little bit more. Throw a little bit of that money in down there. And, uh, reason I say business uh-huh. side, when, when, the, when the, the one thing I have seen is complaints about the visiting stands when the visiting team comes into town. We look across the way and we see a college atmosphere across the way, and we sitting on, <laughs> you know that that's been the complaint. Uh, I don't want to make them too comfortable. Uh, no. Um, I would also maybe like to see them throw the old broadcast booth back over there for guys like me to get kicked out of the new one, but um, <laughs> put the old one back hey, over there. I'm broadcasting that little shack. Yeah, it's, we, it's you don't, you don't it tore it down. Yeah. It's correct. It, yeah, it, it tore did. it down. Yeah. But I mean, I went into it a bunch of times. I wasn't supposed to be in there, but anyway, I did. But I'll be interested to see how many Benji goes on there and gets a boat from Abbeville for their stadium. Yeah. It'll be interesting. And I do think, I think you might be right. I think if everybody hears about this, if they were, like I said, if they run it and all the papers are on all the things, you and, and Benji and the rest of this crowd. If we get on there and do it, I'd like to see the Lakeland Bullet. I'd like to see it. I mean, I, I'm like you. I probably would have been a Greenwood guy. would have probably went with the Eagles. But I also, in my heart, I would have had that little bit of time I spent up at well, Worsholes. You, you and, could put, you know, you, you probably can. And I don't want to mention. You probably. get the list three. Or how many? You get do you? one vote. One vote. One is vote. That's what I was saying. Yeah, so you just get one school or one mm-hmm. stadium. So I, I put my patch back it on. might be one of those you could do three. You know, in descending yeah. order, but no, if you can't, 
Uh, you get you know. one vote. But you can go to the state.com, go to the sports section. It's right there on top. And uh, you can go through and you can read about each of the schools and what makes them so special uh, as being part of this uh, 20 best stadiums in the state of South Carolina. Go down to the bottom and cast your vote to go along with it. We want to get as many people as we can to go ahead. Chris is doing it right I'm now. I'm doing it right now. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you get your vote in and we'll see if we can get a Lakelands uh, to join. And then pass Thank the word. Thank you, Let's beat pass, down, pass the word along that we <laughs> yeah. want to see. We want to get everybody involved as we possibly can. He's Chris Cox. I'm Tom Carroll. That's the coach, Dan Spivey. We're the Lakeland Sports Guys. Have a great one.